You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. So now Posey reaches away, and Ballinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Hello there. Welcome back to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys Podcast. Sam Lubman here, as always, with Joe Shasky. This is episode 63 of the podcast. Shasky 63, do you remember where Barry Bonds hit his 63rd home run of the 2001 season? No. It was actually at Coors Field, of all places, it was part of a three-home run day on September 9th of that year. Huh. Giants win 9-4 in extra innings. They scored five runs in the top of the 11th. That is when Bonds hit his third home run of the day. That was off of Todd Bellitz. I guarantee no one knows a single Todd Bellitz <laughs> back outside of, the, outside of that home run there. But yeah, it was part of a 3-5 th- day that Barry had that day with five RBIs and a walk because, you know, of course, he's going to have a walk. Uh, I was looking at Bonds' 2001 season because, A, that's just always a fun season to look at. And, B, I was looking at, you know, how many home runs did he hit at Coors Field that year? Chasky, that was the Giants' final game at Coors Field that year. In the previous eight games, he had only one home run. Wow. I know. You think of all the places where he would hit a lot of home runs, it would be Coors Field. But, uh, yeah, in 348 plate appearances in his career at Coors Field, Bonds only hit 26 home runs, which, again, you'd think it would be more. Um but anyway, yeah. So that was Barry Bonds' sixty-third home run. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Very well, yeah, it's interesting because you know the, the the ballpark he hit the most home runs at outside of San Diego parks. Yes, Qualcomm Stadium. He he really victimized the Padres over his career. Um, really Qualcomm. Quick before, yeah, before Jack got, Murphy Stadium. To me. Jack Murphy Qualcomm. That was back when all these concrete structures had so many different names. Yeah. Um, before we move off Bonds, uh, you want to take a guess as to what stadium he drew the most walks in outside of his own home. Dodger ballpark. Stadium. There it is. Exactly. Dodger Stadium, 128 walks. The Dodgers <laughs> really were uh, afraid of Barry Bonds uh, back in the day. You know who's really afraid of the Giants right now, though, is the National League West, which kind of a wild thing to say, but the Giants are 11 and 2 against the National League West this year this month in mid May after taking 2 of 3 against the Diamondbacks, 3 of 4 against the Padres, they swept the Dodgers and then of course they swept the Rockies in Coors Field. And it really starts to feel like Shasky that we look around the National League West, it's official, the Giants are a, they're big players in this division right now. Yeah, it's been impressive. I mean, obviously, they've had injuries galore, so you can't say, oh, they're healthy and other teams aren't. No, no, no. I think the exact opposite has happened is the Giants have been injured across the board. They have very few reliable starting pitching options outside of Logan Webb, and it feels like with duct tape, smoke, and mirrors, the Mm -hmm. bullpen has gotten things done, and you haven't really noticed the lack of 
of no starters. And, um, you know, I just love where they're at right now. They scored in the 12 one, you know, they were 12 and one over a certain period there before the loss yesterday, they scored 92 runs and given up only 54. And that's pretty impressive. And it also coincides with what I believe to be one of their catalysts in Tyro Estrada. One of his, you know, biggest slumps of the year batted about 130 this last week, you know, hasn't been great over 200, you know, just barely over 200 for the last 30 days. And here you look up and it feels like the giants are red hot. So, it's not like they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, yes, there are a lot of great stories, but they've overcome some key guys not being that great, which to me makes it even more impressive. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at just kind of what's been the driver of their success. You got a point, you know, it's it's not just Estrada. It's you it's it's got guys all up and down the lineup. You know, I think Blake Sable said it the other night. It's like there's there's a different hero almost every night. And yeah. if that sounds familiar, it's because that's basically what we were experiencing a couple of years ago in 2021, where you look up and down the lineup, nothing really jumps out at you. It's like, oh, that's the reason why they're playing so well, but they're still winning ball games because, again, there's a guy always stepping up every night, finding a way to help get this team across the finish line. You talked about Tyro Estrada, you know, he's been kind of slumping and injured. You know, Lamont Wade Jr., he's also been banged up a little bit. Guys all up and down this lineup are banged up right now, and yet they're still finding ways to get not just series wins, but really important series wins against their division rivals. And you got to think, you know, you think back to when the the Giants first faced these divisional opponents, not the Rockies, but the Dodgers didn't go well. They took Dodgers took two or three and the Dodgers looked leap and leaps and bounds better than the Giants uh, in Mexico City. And, you know, Padres teed off on the Giants that we uh, that weekend. Obviously, that Saturday game was a lot of fun. But again, Padres looked like a class above and just a more fun team. And then the Diamondbacks, when they went to Chase Field, they took three of four. And you're thinking, wow, how do we catch? We're behind the Diamondbacks now? I know. Um, so now that then this last week, taking those three series back, how that's got to make you feel pretty good if you're a Giants fan. Just the fact that, you know, the, 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 the divisional opponents tag the Giants first. And then here the Giants kind of tag them back here this month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Heading into this year, I thought the Giants were at best, at best, the third best team in the division. Having seen all these teams in a month. Now, I do believe the Dodgers aren't going away, but they've lost a lot of talent, a lot of talent. Their starting pitching leaves a lot to be desired, a lot. When you lose Walker Bueller, when you lose guys up the middle defensively and Trey Turner, I look at the Padres, they look broken. They've got unbelievable individual players, especially offensively. But they look broken, like spiritually. They they really do. They don't really have mm-hmm. a spirit leader. Watching Manny Machado run the bases recklessly three different mm-hmm. times. It's like, what are you doing? And then you look at their starting rotation. Snell, Musgrove's never really looked good this year at any point. You Darvish, moments, but kind of leaves a lot to be desired. I think the Giants are the cream of the crop when it comes to bullpen in the NL West. Now, mm-hmm. I still think the Diamondbacks are the cream of the crop overall. But the Giants are well ahead of schedule. And then the rookies, you know, Patrick Bailey, I think he's a top three rookie of the year candidate. I really do. Uh, I know Ellie in uh, Cincinnati is going to get a lot of buzz here in the last couple of months of the year. Let's see where the Reds are at. If Patrick Bailey can be a 300 catching hitter for the Giants and they're in contention and can get that wild card, how is this guy going to fall out of the NL rookie of the year race? Yeah, I he's definitely going to be up there. I mean, 
it, it's crazy. You know, a month ago, it seemed like it was Corbin Carroll's award. Not yep. even to lose. It was, it was Corbin Carroll's award. Well, I now, think he's yeah. going to win MVP, no doubt about it. Absolutely. He's going to be in, he's going to definitely be in the, the, the rookie of the year running. Ellie De La Cruz has absolutely lit up Cincinnati. He has completely changed not just that team. He's changed that whole division. Yep. I mean, no one was giving the Reds any time of day until he came along. It's going to be tough for Patrick Bailey, I think, to crack into those two. But yeah, hitting like he has. But it's not just that. It's it's the way he's throwing guys out. He's throwing out a third of base yeah. runners. And this weekend, we kind of got a taste of what we might be seeing for the next 10 years. Patrick Bailey versus Corbin Carroll. That's going to be a fun battle to watch on the Bates Pass This as, as their careers kind of progress. Uh- Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, kind of take a look, though, at just kind of the overall body of work that the Giants have been doing of late, Shasky, since May 1st. They're the best team in baseball, 33 and 18 after that loss yesterday. But get this, a plus 57 run differential in that time. Shasky, they're playing at a 102 win pace since May 1st. Now, I think it's one thing to have a hot stretch in baseball. It kind of gets you back into the swing of things like what the Reds are doing right now. That feels like a hot stretch. Maybe they cool off a little bit. For the Giants, though, you're going on almost now two months of consistently playing at this high level playing as well as they have at this point, I don't think you can call it a hot stretch anymore. Is this just maybe who they are? I'm not saying they're a 102 win team overall. They're on a 91 win pace for the whole season, but is this just who they are? Are they a team that really should be looked at as, as one of the elite teams in the national league? I I think they're in the mix. I think there's one elite team, the Atlanta Braves. And I think the diamondbacks, the giants, the Marlins, uh, Cincinnati, they're all, I call them suspects for the time being. Not the Dodgers. The Dodgers are (laughs) in the mix. They're not contenders. I'm sorry. The Dodgers are not contenders. Not with that bullpen and not missing their ace in Walker Bueller for the entire year and with zero uh, solidified closer. Like, I'm sorry. They're just not. To me, they're not. They're a pretender. Um, And their record may indicate otherwise. I I think the Reds, the Giants, the Marlins, all these teams are in the mix. That's the way I would describe it. In the mix, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, look, the Pirates were in the mix three weeks ago. Pirates have lost, what, 12 of 13 or whatever it is uh, over the last three weeks. So it hasn't been good. That can happen to the Giants, especially if they don't get a number two starter. They need another guy in this starting rotation. Let's see what happens with the Lamont Wade injury with the back. If that's sustainable, I'm worried about what they do at third base and first base. J.D. Davis moving over to first base to open up time for somebody else at third. How sustainable is that? You know what I mean? Like, J.D. Davis was really good defensively. Would you give Schmidt another opportunity to play every day at third base? I don't know. Like, I have a lot of TBD. And let's not forget, like, Bailey, Matos, Schmidt, they've looked good. Any one of them could turn back into a pumpkin. Yeah, and I think what's when it comes to sustainability, you look at kind of how they're winning these games of late, especially this month with all the comebacks they've had. Yes, you know, like we mentioned, it always seems like it's a different guy every night. But how again? I don't know how sustainable those comebacks are. In twenty twenty one, it seems so easy, but again, it's I feel like it's it's unfair. Sam, they to won. Make, it's I, I think it's unfair in, to make those kind of kind of comparisons. I'm sorry. Yeah, you go. 
No, no, no. It's just like of the 10 wins in a row, when they won 10 in a row, which was unbelievable, five of them, they came back in the seventh inning or later. That's yeah. That cannot be the blueprint it's, for it's success. It's super fun. It, yeah, it's it's fun to talk about. It's fun to get excited about. But and even again, even in yesterday's game against the Diamondbacks, you know, in that eighth inning, they kind of had a chance to put something together. They were going to have the bases loaded with two outs, and of course, exactly. you know, Sable has his base running gaff. So, I mean, that's you. Know, you think these comebacks are always going to keep happening, but it's it's something that's you know simple, that goofy, that can you know derail a comeback. And as I was kind of saying, like. When, when you're playing as well as the Giants are, you can kind of shake off a loss like yesterday, a mistake like that, and be like, you know what? That's a learning experience for Blake Sable. You know what? That's a mm-hmm. tough loss to Dimebacks. Dimebacks have not been swept this year in a series yet this uh, this season. Uh, so that just shows wow. how tough it is to put that team away. The the Rays and the Orioles only only other teams that can say they have not been swept yet this year. So that's the thing. You know, it's there are a lot. I do think a lot of it with this recent hot stretch is, yeah, it might just be who they are. Um, they're not a 100 win team. I, that's not what I'm saying, but coming into this year, you're probably looking at 84, 85 wins. It's like, yeah, that's a good season right now. That'd the be way a they're great playing, season. That'd be a great season right now though. If, if they're on pace for 91 wins, you know what? I'm down for a 90 win season. Hopefully they can make it happen. And yeah, they're going to have to make moves to make that happen. Uh, I think if they can just keep the pitching staff afloat until Alex, Alex Cobb comes back, they'll be able to get a better sense of just how much they need to upgrade the rotation. But yeah, I think at this point, you know, it's very much looking more and more every day. Like the struggles they had in April are the anomaly. And what we've been seeing over the last two months, that's more in line with who these giants are. It say. does feel like just the young guys have changed the ethos of the team. You're there all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam, what was it like before all the youngsters came in into that clubhouse? And then what's it been like since? Well, I mean, it's it's not just April of this year, but but all of last year, it was just kind of a, a, a drab place. It just especially after losses, it was a lot very quiet. There was just finding joy in that clubhouse last year. I mean, it was there. And you guys, you know, you, you find ways to, to make do mm-hmm. during a rough season. But the term, you know, grind is, I think, very appropriate last year. This year, though, Gabe Kapler kind of spoke of a word that Jock came up with called grindy. You know, this is a very grindy team and how they grind out at bats, how the pitchers will grind through innings and kind of grind the other team down. And I think the rookies are kind of playing into that where the rookies, they're grinding too. And the the grind of a season can be tough, but when you're kind of a, a grindy team, when you're a team that's having fun and grinding out wins, it's a lot more fun to do that. And you are seeing it in the clubhouse. Guys are in a lot better mood before games. After games, one one thing they do, it's obviously when they win, they like to do the little nightclub thing. Uh, but, you know, after games, one thing I noticed they started doing is they're playing a lot of Bob Marley after losses. And that's in contrast to earlier in the year and last year, we walk into that clubhouse, it was very quiet. And this is something I want to, I want to try and talk about with someone next time I'm there is, you know, whose idea was this to, to play a little Bob Marley? Because you go in there after a loss and, you know, you got, you know, three little birds playing, you know, don't worry about a thing. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, they lost, <laughs> but it feels like the loss doesn't stick on you as much you. As, as it maybe did. And I think that's part of, you know, I don't know, maybe it was a rookie who suggested that. I know Brandon Crawford's kind of the music guy in that clubhouse, but it's not just, it. I guess it's not just the rookies. There's so many other things that are going into just really rejuvenating the atmosphere in this clubhouse. And again, that when you have a loose, fun atmosphere, when guys are having fun coming to work, having fun playing this game, you start to see it translate in the field. I think that's what you've been seeing in the last couple of months there.
Yeah, I'm just I'm really excited with where the team's at and where the organization's at. And I know everyone wants to make the playoffs, try to win a World Series because that's the ultimate prize. But this has just been such a lovable season for me. There's so many lovable stories. And I feel like the the brand of baseball that so many of us grew up on, small ball, being able to run the bases, playing good defense, getting contributions from the bullpen. Like those things are tried and true. And it's great to see something from yesteryear translate to today's game. So the shift and the pitch clock and all these things, it's really played into their hand. Like it really has. And and I was really reluctant to to embrace um, just the organizational philosophy and seeing them adapt on the fly makes me realize they're not super stubborn. And that to me is one of the few things that I didn't have on my bingo card for success this year. Yeah, no, that is a good point. The Giants are very good. There's an adaptability at work, yes. I think, here that you're seeing. And 